Hi there, this is Darren Spoo, pastor at First Baptist Church in Tulsa, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. We would invite you to join us in person Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 o'clock in downtown Tulsa, or check out our webpage at tulsafbc.org. God bless you, and have a great week. And I'd ask you, if you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We are continuing uh, in our teaching series on the message on the mount, and I'm encouraging you Every day, would you pick up Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that message on the mount, and read through Jesus' words. Um, About the time you think you've heard them, you're going to begin to hear them for the very first time. And I promise you, not only because I believe this to be true, but I've experienced this, that everything you are going to face in any given day will be addressed by Jesus within the message on the mount, okay? In fact, um, Jesus starts the message on the mount by talking about habits. If we want to develop our character, it's not a result of hopes. You know, I hope I become this person. It's a result of habits. And and I've had a chance to reflect again on habits this week. The difference between a good habit and a bad habit, good habits are hard to start and they're easy to quit. Just think about eating right. Hard to start, easy to quit. Bad habits are easy to start and hard to quit. And think in terms of addiction, you know, it's easy to get going, but it's hard to stop those things. Jesus says, if if you want to develop some of the hardest habits that you will ever develop in your life, boy, I'm not selling this well this morning, am I? Being my follower is not easy. Being a peacemaker is counterintuitive. Being full of mercy is not the way we're naturally geared. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness doesn't, isn't our first response to most things. But Jesus says, these habits they're hard to start, and they're harder to keep going. This is what will develop your character. And so Jesus goes from there, talking about our habits and the Beatitudes, to talking about, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning, our influence. Now, real quick, uh, Alexander von Humboldt, probably not a name that you readily recognize, in the late 1700s, early 1800s, he was a German national. He was a linguist. He was a naturalist. He was an explorer. During 1799 and 1800 and 1801, he was zigzagging through Latin America, and he came upon a a tribe of people that not only was this tribe here, there was a neighboring tribe, and this tribe had all these tame parrots that they kept in cages around their encampment, around their village, many of those parrots of which could talk. They parroted the language of that people. But he noticed there were a few parrots that literally were talking a different language, And so he inquired about this, and just before his arrival, there had been a neighboring tribe. They had been at war. They had been enemies. This tribe obliterated that tribe, completely killed all of them off, exterminated them, and stole their parrots and brought them over. So literally, the last speaker of that tribe's native language were these parrots. And Alexander von Humboldt wrote those words down. If he had not, that language would have been lost forever. We've got to be careful with Jesus' message on the mount that we just don't parrot these phrases that we've heard over and over again to go the second mile, to turn the other cheek, one that we're going to look at this morning, to be the salt of the earth. Let's be careful that we just don't parrot those phrases without really understanding what they mean. So this morning, this is Matthew 5 starting in verse 13 all the way down to verse 16. Jesus says this, You 
And that's an emphatic you. It's almost as though Jesus walks up, and not in an accusatory way, but in an intimate way, just kind of puts his finger right here. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. City on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, they set it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. So what's Jesus talking about here? Well, he opens the message on the mount talking about our character and the habits that will build that character. Here, Jesus is talking in very plain terms about influence. So what we're going to do this morning is I want to talk about salt and light together for just a moment. Then I want to break them apart and talk about each component. Then I want to bring them back together at the end, okay? So Jesus uses two metaphors, two images that everybody knows. Doesn't matter how poor you are or how rich you are. Every home needs salt and every home needs light. Listen to me. Don't make this more complicated than it needs to be. The job of your life is to positively influence other people. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, some of you might know the name Mickey Spillane. He was an old mystery writer from generation back. His main character in all of his mystery novels was a man named Mike Hammer. And Mike Hammer had the reputation for solving crime and drinking a lot of beer. That was in this novel, right? I love a church that I can talk about beer just for a little bit. <laughs> so, so Mike Hammer drank a lot of beer. And so together at a mystery writers conference one day, the, the people there started to pick apart, why does Mike Hammer drink beer and not cognac? And Mickey Spillane goes, you guys are overthinking it. He drinks beer, not cognac, because I can't spell cognac, all right? Yeah. Sometimes it's just, just keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Our job in lives as Jesus followers, in fact, he says, if you're going to be my follower, I expect you to have an influence on other people's lives, okay? But also notice this about salt and light. Both of them give themselves away. They lend themselves, whether salt lends its flavor or keeps meat from going bad, it lends its preserving qualities. In fact, I love this in the early Christian circles. This is way back at the very beginning. When a person was baptized, after they were baptized, the pastor would put a pinch of salt on their tongue as a reminder, Christ has purified you. Now you are to be a purifying agent in the world around you. So salt gives itself away, as does light. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity like I believe the sun is rising. Not because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Light gives itself away. So friends, talking about our influence... Keep it simple. We are to be a positive influence on everyone around us, and we are to live a life, lives of continuing to give ourselves away. Now, I don't want to be vague about this. It's one thing to talk about influence, but let's be specific. By Jesus using these images of salt and light, what is he talking about? In fact, 
Once you see it, I don't think you'll be able to unsee it. Salt in the Hebrew world, in the Hebrew mindset, was an image of wisdom. Listen, we are to exemplify the wisdom of God in our world. And over time, I've played with a lot of different uh, definitions of wisdom. Wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. I like that. I've recently been playing with another idea of wisdom, that wisdom is understanding what you understand, understanding what you don't understand, and understanding how to understand what you don't understand. Is anybody lost yet? Really, I like those three parts, that, that wisdom is, okay, I know what I know. I, I know how to be a pastor. I kind of know that. That's, that's my ability. I also understand what I don't understand. I think I can pastor, but I'm not a plumber, okay? <laughs> and part of wisdom is going, I have limitations, and, and I don't know that. But then... I also understand how to understand what I don't understand. I'm always wanting to grow. I'm always wanting to expand, right? I think that's wisdom. So if you want wisdom today, again, not for your own benefit, but it's going to flow to you so that it can flow through you, here's what the Bible says to do. Ask. James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom... He should ask God who gives to all without finding fault. If you want to be a great influence in your world, you're going to need wisdom. The only way you're going to get it is by asking. And God is going to answer that question or answer that request in a couple of different ways. He's going to start sending people into your life to instill wisdom in you. We might call these mentors. So next time you don't know what to pray for, you feel like your prayer life's a little bit dry, Let me give you a recommendation. Sit down with a piece of paper and write down the names just as these men here this morning mentioned names of people that were a positive influence in their life. Write out those names and write out what it is those people taught you about life. And thank God for them, living or dead, and thank God for what they communicated to you. I've told the story so many times about my mentor, Calvin Miller, who was at one time he was the interim pastor here. Second year in seminary, I was a young married adult. I was pastoring a church. I was his grading and teaching assistant. I had another side hustle going, and I was trying to do my full course load of graduate work. He was giving me more and more to do. I just I couldn't keep up. And I went in, and I said, Calvin, you're killing me. you got to slow down. I can't keep up with you. And he said, Darren, one foot up, one foot down. That's the way to London town. And I said, I have no idea what you just said, you know. <laughs> I come to you with a problem and you give me mother goose, right? (laughs) But if you've been around here long enough, you've heard me say that before. And I've even had people in this church say it back to me. He had no idea at that moment the kind of wisdom and that and a thousand other things. Thank God for the people who have been a positive impact on your life. Grab onto those lessons. God's not only going to teach you through your mentors, get this, He will also teach you through your mistakes. Man, listen, if you've made mistakes, and I've made some doozies, you've paid for them big time. So you might as well get the dividends from your investment in that mistake. In fact, um, if you know the old movie, The Natural, I think, uh, oh, who is in that movie? Robert Redford, yeah. 
in the novel version of that movie, The Natural, Iris, the wife of Roy Hobbs, says this, Roy, there's a life you learn with and the life you live after that. That life we learn with, that's all the mistakes that we make. And listen, if you're here today, you've made some mistakes in the past, and you're still beating yourself up about it, can I tell you, stop it. It's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to keep beating yourself up instead of saying, what did I learn from that? Hey, listen, I made some huge mistakes, none of which I ever want to repeat again. But also now I'm old enough to go, I'm glad it happened because I never would have learned that otherwise. God will teach you through mentors. He'll teach you through mistakes. Uh, He'll teach you through some very unlikely sources. This is one of my perks as a pastor, and unfortunately it's a perk. Sometimes I see people go down a road of self-destruction. They say, I know what God tells me to do, but I'm going to do this over here, and you see it too. Every time I see somebody self-destructing their life, I go home and I tell my wife, I go, let's do this. Let's just keep life simple. Let's just keep on loving God, loving other people, loving one another, and keep life simple. Sometimes it's those cautionary tales that will teach us wisdom. Now, we pass wisdom. It comes into our life so that it can pass through us. How do we give and who do we give that wisdom to? If you're a parent or you're a grandparent, this is a no-brainer. If you raise a child from 0 to 18, you have 936 weeks with that child. In some ways, that feels like a long time, doesn't it? But in some ways, it's so very short. Use every week wisely. And even if it's not your kids or your grandkids, uh, Martin Luther said this. He said, God doesn't need your good works. Your neighbor does. We don't do good works because it wins us favor with God. We do good works because it's a positive influence on the world around us. By the way, I just, I'm, I'm just, I, I want to be careful. We, as a church, we don't pat ourselves on the back, but just for a moment to think about, we have people representing us today in Philippines where young ladies as young as five have been rescued from sex trafficking, where people are cold in Scotland, where people don't hear the gospel in Poland, where there's refugees in Jordan. This is what it's about, and I don't care. You can go halfway around the world. Maybe you just need to go halfway around the block and do some good. That's why we're here. Let me give one little note of caution. We want to lend our influence. We want to be wisdom. Maybe there's a time we don't share our wisdom. When somebody has self-destructed, it's so easy to look at them and go, Well, if you would have done what I told you to in the first place, that's not wisdom. That's just being a jerk in Jesus' name. I expected at least a giggle right there or something, you know. Don't, Don't be a jerk for Jesus. We don't need any more people like that, right? Jesus said, be the salt of the earth. Don't be salt in people's wounds. It's not what we're to do. Okay. So how do we influence people? Wisdom. You're the salt of the earth. He says, and you are the light of the world. Light, and not only in the ancient Hebrew culture, but even in ours today, light is a metaphor for truth. You know, we bring light to a situation. We bring a truth to light. 
Okay. Now, what I'm about to say may sound a little shrill, so I want to be careful, but, but I think this needs to be said. We go to a place, if we as Christians need truth, we have a sure source. And we go to the Scripture, and not only does the Scripture inform us, but the Holy Spirit inspires us and illuminates us as we go to the Scripture for truth. Um, somebody handed me this Bible last week. Uh, we have Bible in our window ledges, and somebody picked this up, a guest picked this up, and said, yeah, I was going to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 from this, but somebody already came along and ripped those pages out and put the Bible back. Listen, the Bibles are free. Take the whole thing, okay? <laughs> I, I know I'm not supposed to steal, but I'm going to tear these pages out and put them in my, put them in my pocket. The whole thing can be yours. Now, if this happens to offend somebody and say, oh, people shouldn't rip pages out of the Bible, listen, I would rather you rip pages out and actually read them than for your Bible to be nice and neat and neglected. You tell me which one's more respectful. It's okay, all, all the pages are in the Bible. I'm not going to read it, but they're all there in case I ever do. So here's the tough part. When we're looking for truth, when we're searching for truth, and by the way, if you want wisdom, ask. If you want truth, we search for it. Make sure you're searching in the right place. It almost causes me to cringe when I hear somebody say this. Well, I didn't know what to think about that, but I found a site on the internet that says, or oh, I found a website, right? So what I want to encourage you to do this morning, don't, um, don't surf, search. We have an eternal resource of God's wisdom here. Now, it's a little bit tougher to use this than it is to use the internet, but the answers here are more reliable. Quick story, last time we were in Israel, before the war broke out, and continued to pray for, pray for Israel and Gaza, it's just it's terrible on all fronts there. So last time we were in Israel, I'm with a, a tour group, and we're, I think we're leaving Bethlehem. We're waiting for our bus to come along, and a gentleman comes down the road selling antique coins, ancient coins. Now, I'm a coin collector. I've talked with my friends several times, and all reputable coin dealers, they will say, never buy a coin on the street in any foreign country. It's, you're just being taken advantage of. They're, 100% of them are fraud, right? So this guy comes down hawking ancient coins, and so I go up and engage with him, and even I as an amateur, I can, I can tell this is fake. And so I kind of pull him aside, and I go, hey man, listen, I'm a coin collector. I can see this isn't real. Please don't take advantage of my people, so I'm just going to ask you to move on, but, but I kind of would like a souvenir. I know you want $60 for this. I'll give you $6 for this. I almost caused a fight in Bethlehem, okay? And he was getting up in my face, and I said, do you really want to take me on, buddy? Come on. Come on. I just didn't do it. I mean, he was getting real animated, and he goes, how dare you? I'm a, I'm a legitimate businessman, and he goes this. He goes, look, and he pulled out his wallet. He goes, I have a business card. And I said, oh, that changes everything. <laughs> Just not everyone can have a business card. I should have backed down really quick at that point, right? Well, not anyone can have a website. Folks, again, I expected a laugh. Are you all with me today? Okay, hang, hang in there with me. Anybody can have a website. A couple of clicks, you're there. You never know who it is, what the agenda is, what their background is, what they're selling, right? Why would you go to a source that is that uncertain? And by the way, 
you don't see the fruit of that person's life. You're just reading something that's easy to find. This is harder. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's harder, and sometimes it takes years, but this is God's working with people. And instead of surfing, we need to say, it kind of comes back to that good habit, bad habit. I need to search here, and it might take a long time, but I know what I find here is going to be true. And if you do nothing else this year but read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll be gaining more insight and more wisdom than you can ever possibly imagine. Read it over and over and over again, okay? So, we are to be an influence on other people. We can't give away what we don't have. We need wisdom, so we ask for it. We need truth, so we search for it, and we search for it in the right places. And then we give those things away freely. It's pretty simple just to be, in fact, one person put it like this, our only defense is wisdom and truth in a world filled with foolishness and lies. Our only defense, the only thing we have to do is live a life of wisdom and truth in a world of foolishness and lies. Let me give you one more thing. Um, we have an image I want to show you. I, I'm starting a pyramid scheme this morning, so let me tell you how you can get in on the ground level of this. <laughs> let, me tell, let me tell how you can make me money, okay? No, this is not a pyramid scheme. This is called the Wisdom Pyramid. Um, Brett McCracken has written a whole book on this, and I, I really do like this. Uh, you can buy the book and read it. It's really worth reading, but what this is, is that it's kind of like this old-fashioned nutrition chart. And this could easily be called the truth pyramid. If you want wisdom and truth, where do you go for that? The Bible's our daily bread. Don't expect any quick answers to the Bible. If you need an answer, just don't flip open and expect God to give you plunk down. It's the long-term becoming familiar with God's voice every day, day in and day out. It's becoming familiar with His voice and the way He works. Then, for wisdom and truth, we also go to the church. And this sounds so old-fashioned, but not if we understand the church is not an institution, if it's a community of believers. If you have a question or a concern in your life, this is why community groups are important. Talk about it in your community group. I'm here to shepherd, but wisdom is found in a community of those who are trying to follow Jesus. Then nature and beauty, it's good to remember the goodness of God, reputable books, you shouldn't do away with the internet and social media, but to understand the proper proportions to consume those in. But again, the basis of this is Scripture. Now, some people will look at this and say that this is silly. In fact, let me give you a quick hack. Uh, if, I'm probably not the only one. Do you ever forget where you park? And, uh, <laughs> our shuttles will be running all day long if you need help. Right? More often than not, now I just kind of, where did I park? And so I kind of step out and I do this, and I don't hear the honk immediately. Well, here's a little hack. Uh, if you want to get the radio signal from your key fob to transmit a little bit further, put it up right here on your chin. I'm not making this up. The shape of your head, the shape of your skull will amplify the radio signal and help reach further out into your car. <laughs> oh, it gets even better. If, if you want to extend it even further, open your mouth while you do it. So I've already mounted a camera at the exit of the church today because I want to see y'all walk out going, ah, oh, oh. 
This is why you come to church, so you can learn some really interesting things, right? Okay, but next time you lose your car, what are you going to do? You're going to be doing this, right? It looks silly, but it works. This might look silly to a lot of people, but I promise you, 2,000 years, it's been proving over and over again, it works. Go to the Scripture, surround yourself with wise counsel, look around, read good stuff. Here's the deal. Quit stressing yourself out and trying to always figure out the will of God because here's the will of God. He wants you to have wisdom. He wants you to have truth. And He wants those things to flow to you so that they can flow through you to other people. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Amen. Let's stand together and let's pray together. Thanks so much for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of each worship service on Sunday morning, I offer a simple blessing, and I offer that blessing to you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. And may God grant you peace, both now and forever. Amen.